finally, finally the Kings get their first win of the season. They beat the Heat 119-113 to move to 1-4 on the season, and the Heat moved to 2-5 on the season. It just makes me so happy <laughs> to be able to come home from work and not have to go into rewatching the game knowing it's going to be a lot. You know, it was a lot easier to turn on the game and watch it when I knew it was going to be a win. This was a, a really good win. Grinded out against a, a good Heat team, even though they are 2-5. and five, They know how to, to grind out games. And uh, they, they tried it in this game, uh, coming back from a big deficit there. Hopefully this win for the Kings can really jumpstart their season. Because uh, it only gets easier for here with the schedule. Um, but I'll get into that later. I kind of wanted to start with the negatives in this game. Because I'd rather start with the negatives and then we can get into everything that went right for this win. So an obvious negative is the third quarter. After taking a 22 point lead in the halftime. It, uh, well, I'm just glad it was a 22 point lead because... I mean, we got outscored by 14 points in the third quarter to cut it to eight. Uh, and really, well, one of the reasons was because the refs came out at halftime and just decided that they wanted to make this game close. Um, Sabonis picked up two quick fouls, just absolute BS calls. Uh, most of his fouls were BS calls. Uh, and he would end up fouling out around the six-minute mark of the fourth quarter. Didn't score in the second half because he barely played. Uh, but not not his fault. Um, really, the reason that we struggled in that third quarter was because we didn't have Sabonis. And so the offense went stagnant without him. There wasn't as much ball movement. There wasn't as much player movement. And it resulted in about, I think it was nine turnovers, at least nine turnovers in that third quarter, which, I mean, that's a recipe for disaster. Um, the turnovers in the game ended up 21 to 8, uh, with the Kings obviously having the 21. So the Kings had more turnovers in the third quarter alone than the Heat did in the entire game. The Heat definitely picked up their defense in that third, but also just very sloppy play from uh, from the whole team. And another negative, one guy in particular was very sloppy, Davion Mitchell. He just really hasn't got going at all this season. And I'm hoping that now after a win, maybe we can get a few more wins and he'll kind of settle into the season. But I think he's just uncomfortable in his role as the creator off the bench. And I think that leads me into my next point, which was the rotations. Something I talked about last game was our rotations were poor because we had so much time without Sabonis or, or Fox on the court. And I think Mike Brown really made an adjustment this game so that... Uh, Definitely in that first quarter, one of them was always on the court. It really worked well um, because 
we just don't have the guy who can really play make well off the bench. So we need one of them out there at all times. I think the thing that has me most excited about this win is just how well De'Aaron Fox is playing. His shot wasn't going down, but he, I mean, in this game, he probably played the best defense of his entire career. In, in the fourth quarter, he, I saw him at one point when he was running down the court. You know, Kevin Herter was guarding Tyler Hero, and Tyler Hero was on absolute fire. He was, there were so many shots where I would go like, as he was shooting at it, I'd be like, well, that's good defense, and then just, he makes it. Uh, there's nothing you can do about that. Like, I usually do a few of those a game where I'm like, good defense, good defense. Uh, nothing you can do about that. But he just did it time after time. And at one point, Darren's just like, you could see him kind of motioning to Herder that he wanted to take Hero. But then uh, I think he got waved away on that possession. And then Tyler Hero scored on Herder again. <laughs> and then Fox went on to Herder. And just started locking him down. He got two blocks on him late. Blocks outside of the paint. One, I think, was... He was just, like, closing out on a three and just, like, skied for the block. And then the other one was, uh, like, kind of from behind in the mid-range. But he was just giving so much effort defensively. And... Because we've always known he's had the ability, obviously, very fast. And he's pretty strong now. Um... So he's always had the ability to to be a good defensive player, and he's finally doing it. Um, and I I don't know why he's doing it now. You know, like what what caused that? Is it Mike Brown? Is it just him being more motivated? I don't know. I mean, I think Mike Brown has to be a part of that, really making him understand what he has to do to help this team win. But I think it um, him being that good defensively really helps the entire team be good defensively. We were really good defensively in that first half. They could not score. Um, and they don't have the, you know, the greatest offensive weapons, but still you gotta, you defend who you, who you have in front of you. And we locked down Jimmy Butler, who's obviously their best player. And he didn't have much of an impact in this game at all. The second half, definitely a, a different story when it comes to that. But down the stretch, the defense was really good in the fourth quarter, although it wasn't good most of the second half. Um, the other point that kind of that I got lost in this game because it only happened in the first half was Sabonis absolutely dominating inside. Uh, the Heat only had their only big was Bam. Uh, they were playing at one point. I think they had Caleb Martin at center. Uh, they're missing Dwayne Dedman. They're missing. Gertzivan, so DeMontis' bonus was just eating inside, and I really liked how aggressive he was. He had 18 points in that first half, and then obviously he didn't really play in the second. Um, I mean, the whole starting lineup played well. Barnes was quiet in the first half, but he had, when the game started getting closer and closer, we always kept them like just out of reach. I mean, there was one point where it was a one-point game, but we never let them tie it. We always, and they weren't within one possession most of the time. It was just that one time. And there was the one play that I think really, like, swung momentum back in our favor because it just slowed the heat down, and it just created that cushion. 
and it was the play where Max Struess had the flagrant foul on Barnes. Barnes comes up, knocks down both free throws, and then scores on the same possession. So he had a four-point possession, and I think that was really important. Uh, and there was another time down the stretch where he just kind of rose up in the mid-range and knocked down a shot late. He's big shot Barnes. That's what they call him. That's what I call him now. Um, and then obviously Kevin Herter. I mean, the the guy matched his career highs for three again for the second time already this season in five games with seven threes. I believe he went set, yeah, seven for eight from three. He just was shooting with so much confidence. There's the one point where he, the shot clock was on. Yeah, we we had like the chance for a two for one if we really hurried. It was like 32 seconds left. And Kevin Herter just dribbles down the court and launches from like 30 feet. And it's just nothing but net. Straight swish. That got me so hyped. <laughs> uh, and then... A guy who was just, like, quietly doing his thing. Keegan Murray. Like, he's just... If you're not looking for him, you just don't notice him that much. Because his game is just quiet and simple. He just, you know, knocks down open threes. Pump fakes, drives into the lane, does his thing. He ended with uh, second on the team with 22 points. And that just seems normal. And that, that shouldn't be normal for a rookie. Just a quiet, you know, around 20, 18, 20 points per game. He's averaging like 18 in four games. That just shouldn't be normal for a rookie. But he's just making it so normal. It just feels normal already. Um, I think I had to talk about Rashawn Holmes a little bit because he did play a lot of the second half, obviously, with Sabonis in foul trouble. I thought he was pretty bad. Um, at the start of the game and kind of in the third quarter. Uh, just not... His offense is just... He's just off. He just ain't Rashawn Holmes right now. You know, his push shot wasn't going, and that's when you know things are bad for him. But I did think that he made a good impact late in the fourth quarter where he made a few shots and he was playing some good defense. And, again, hopefully he can, same with Davion, hopefully this once we start like winning games, he can settle in to his new role off the bench. Um, but honestly, I wouldn't be mad at seeing more Alex Len because I think without a guy to set up for Sean Holmes, he's not really making an impact offensively. And if he's not making an impact offensively, I would rather have the rim protection of Alex Lynn. Because Alex Lynn's a really solid backup center, too. Um, he got a few minutes in this game, and I thought he was fine. Uh, and then a guy who didn't get any minutes was Chimezi Metu, who obviously was off the bench early last game and was pretty bad. And this time we bring in Trey Lyles, who was much better. Trey Lyles was really good in this game. I think in the first few games of the season, Trey Lyles was really trying to do too much, create off the dribble, 
which I is just not his game. But this game was much better. It was either catch the ball and just quick quickly fire it or move it on. And he went two for four from three at ten points. And I thought he made a really good impact and was, you know, good defensively, which is all you need him to be just fine. Don't need him to be great defensively. Another thing about Fox's defense is was his rebounding. He had a career-high 13 rebounds. And that was big, mostly with Sabonis in foul trouble. We needed to team rebound. And he really he really did that. And he would get the ball and just push it up court. And there was one point where he just skied for one rebound. And it just made me so hyped. Um, just rebounds, making me hyped. <laughs> uh, he had 11 defensive rebounds. He was out-rebounding everyone on the Heat. And that's just another way that he was making a really good impact without scoring in this game. I thought the Kings did a really good job not settling for threes early in this game. They were really attacking the paint um, before kicking it out for a three. They're still taking a lot of threes, but I think they did a good job attacking and really creating offense in a sustainable way that wasn't just jacking up contested threes. Um, and the Heat were kind of... Well, they were doing the same thing. They didn't take a three for a while in this game. And then once they did, they were making them and making a lot of them early in that first half. Max Struess and, and Tyler Hero were really hitting early. But then I think uh, we shut them down in that the end of the, the first half when we went on a big run, 21-6 to six run to end the half, which was huge. I feel like you just, that's the first time I've seen that type of run out of this team, and it's created by the defense, only allowing them six points while you're scoring 21. I mean, that's just like unheard of for this team, because usually when this team gets going offensively, it's like that keeps them even with teams, because they're just giving it all right back up on the other end, and this time they finally didn't do that. And I think, again, that was really led by De'Aaron, and he has great defense, and he's really active with his. Def- he has so many deflections already this season. He's one of the top um, leaders in deflections in the NBA. And I think the other big positive to this win is now that the Kings are one and four. It means the Lakers are the lone winless team in the NBA. <laughs> that makes me very happy. I think getting over the hurdle for that first win is really big because all of our other games have been really close at the end, very competitive games. And just so to finally get that win, I think to get that first win really shows like we are doing the right things and we are a good team because if you just keep getting in close games, but losing them, I mean, you lose confidence, but I'm still very confident in this team after this win even though it's like yeah we're only one and four but it feels like a good one and four (laughs) if there's such a thing it feels it doesn't feel like we just beat a the worst team in the league for one game and then got crushed all the other four games it's like we lost to really good teams and we beat a good team 
even though they're two and five, I still think they're a good team. And looking forward to the next game, it's against Charlotte, who has been a surprise this season. They are three and three. But it should be our easiest game of the season in theory, although it is an away game. But they are the worst team, I would say, that we're going to face or that we faced thus far in the season. But they've been playing hard. Uh, They have had a nice surprise in Dennis Smith Jr. He's having a resurgence here, which I don't think many people expected at all. Obviously, they had, the Hornets had a terrible offseason and only got worse. But Gordon Hayward is averaging 20 a game. And they 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 play tough. They play tough defense. Uh, but I think this is another game where Sabonis can, can dominate inside. Because, I mean, while the Hornets do have the size, they don't have the quality of big... Um, you know, they have Nick Richards, Mason Plumlee, Kai Jones. They're not the top centers at all. Um, on ESPN's injury report, it does say LaMelo is out. I don't know if that's true because the ESPN injury reports tend to be wrong. But it says LaMelo, Cody Martin, and Terry Rozier are all going to be out. And if that's the case, you can't lose this game. <laughs> like, that is... It's a depleted Charlotte Hornets team that even when fully healthy seems depleted. They are they I don't know how they're three and three. They just won against the Warriors in overtime, which was a a great win for them. But I mean, even if they are totally healthy, this is a game we should win. And I think this is gonna be a big test because we haven't had a game yet this season, where it's like we go into it, okay, we should win this game. We've always been the underdogs. Well, actually, that's not true. We weren't the underdogs in our first game against Portland, but that was a very even game, I would say. Uh, But against Charlotte, I mean, we should win this game. And I just hope that we don't play down to our competition. And we really come out like we did against the Heat. If we come out like we did against the Heat, we will win this game. But if we come out like we did last season against the Hornets, where zero defense by either team and it's just a three-point shootout, and the game ends 140 to 138, it's like that's just a coin flip on who wins. This should be the game that like gets us really into the season where it's like if if we go two and four that looks a lot better than one and five with uh we need to take advantage of these teams that just aren't very good and hopefully this is a game where we can get a guy like Davion Mitchell or Rashawn Holmes really going because I mean we're probably not going to have the same Kevin Herter performance um, but hopefully Sabonis isn't in foul trouble all game, and hopefully we can get the bench guys going, because against a worse team, that's a good time to get the bench going, finally, in the sixth game of the season. So hopefully that happens, and hopefully we get the W. That's all I got for this uh, episode of the Royal Report. 
Uh, like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube and leave a rating if you're listening to the audio version of the podcast. And I will see you guys probably on either Monday night or Tuesday morning slash afternoon. We'll see. But yeah, peace.